Welcome back to 33 Dreams of Indy. Today, I'm joined by Matthew Round Garrido. Now, is it Matthew or Matt? What, what do you prefer? Um, so, obviously, Matthew is what my parents uh, call me. But um, some people just take it upon themselves to give me nicknames, really. So, Matt's one of them. Uh, I've been called Matty a lot. Also, coming up through karting, uh, Speedo Garrido is one of my nicknames. Speedo Garrido. Okay, so yeah. we might go with Speedo. My brother's name is is Matthew, uh, and the, the only time he used that name was when he was in trouble. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, I know it goes through that. So, uh, you're currently in England. Uh, you just yeah. uh, returned back there after winter testing uh, here in Florida. Tell me about the weather difference and which one you prefer, huh? Um. <laughs> no, it's quite tight. Uh, <laughs> no, I definitely prefer the Florida weather, I've got to be honest. Um, it's just, yeah, here at the minute, it's probably like zero degrees Celsius, so uh, 32 is that in, uh, yes. in Fahrenheit? Yeah. And um, yeah, in, in Florida, it was very warm, so, you know, I was getting a, getting my tan on a little bit out in uh, in Florida, whereas at the minute, I'm back to uh, lay, layering up with all my clothes, so... <laughs> So uh, very unique on the side of your car, you have a uh, British Union Jack and then also a Spanish flag. Tell me a little bit about that and uh, the nationalities there. So um, I've got a dual nationality. My, um, obviously, I, I was born and raised here in England, but uh, my mother is originally from Barcelona in Spain. Um, so she actually came over to the UK when she was 24. So... Um, yeah, everything's Spanish. Everyone in that side of my uh, family still lives in Spain. She's the only one who's uh, come over. So uh, I see myself as very Spanish as well as English, you know. So uh, I'm very proud to uh, to represent both. Fantastic. And I, I think you made note there that that's where you actually started karting was in, yeah. in Spain on, on holiday. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. It was, um, I actually used to have a little, a little tricycle when I was a little kid, you know, a toddler. And uh, just to keep me out of trouble, because I was always, I was still am now, I guess, a bit troublesome, just, just like uh, messing around and stuff. And um, one day it actually punctured, and my parents were a bit like, oh, what are we going to do with him now? So uh, luckily there was a little cart track up the road, and I uh, started going there. And um, the guy that ran that cart track was actually um, a former Spanish national karting champion in the 70s. So um, you can say I was in good hands straight off the bat, yeah. Where Speedo Garrido was born right then at that yeah. point. That's correct. Yeah. Uh, 2018, you won the Northern Irish uh, Formula Ford Championship, and that earned you a, a uh, entry into the road to Indy. Tell me about racing in, uh, uh, was that actually in, in Ireland, in England, or where, was, mm. where were the races uh, held? So that, that championship was um, just all in Northern Ireland. I was doing uh, two championships last season, the, uh, the British kind of the main national British uh, Formula Ford and the Northern Irish. Um, but the thing with the Northern Irish is that they, they, it used to be an all-island championship. So obviously it's two countries on the one island. Um, but then they kind of just ended up getting rid of all the um, Mondello Park races for one reason or another. So it just became uh, just a Kirkstown, almost like club, but it was actually high-level competition because it was all the Irish lads would go and race and it sort of thing so uh, that, that was cool to do last year yeah and it was almost like a preview of what was to come for this season it definitely is now that transition from karting to formula mm. uh and then into the road to indie cars 
um, that transition, has it been easy for you? What is the biggest obstacle? Because while you were practicing on the other side of Sebring, I was running back and forth because they were having the uh, Lucas uh, Oil Racing School shootout. There were 27 carters, and for some of them, this was only their second or third time ever getting into a open wheel car. So uh, talk about that, uh, that transition. Yeah, it's definitely a big change because you got stuff, say, body roll and um, using gears for the first time. I'm not sure if the Lucas Oil cars, do you heal and toe in that or are they flappy paddles? Um, or... Now you're, you're beyond my pay grade as to what they're okay. doing in that. I know they were talking about trail braking and being able to get in. Okay. So very, yeah. very similar to what uh, you're running in the uh, uh, road Indy cars. Yeah, well, I think also I had a bit of a... Um, unorthodox transition from go-karts to cars because I actually raced um, Citroen Saxos, uh, which is a little, do you know what a Citroen Saxo is? It's a little yeah. French car, Yeah. Uh, you know, what you'd see on the road. And um, so I was too young to race Formula Ford, which is a, I think it's a bit of a problem over here in the UK. You have to be 16 to race Formula Ford. And, um, you know, at 14, I was already six foot one. So I was too tall to be competitive in go-karts. So, um, so we made the jump to, uh, to race Citroen Saxos when I was 15. And uh, that was teaching me a lot about, you know, the tracks over here and in particular, and uh, the kind of way that car racing works. And then when I turned 16, um, I actually left it a couple of months, but then at the end of 2016, when I was then 16 years of age, we uh, then made the transition over to Formula Ford, which was always something that I dreamt of racing ever since I was 10 or 11 years old. So it was brilliant to, to get to do that for a couple of seasons. The, the part that brings my initial smile is being 6'5 myself is seeing yeah. someone that's 6'1, 6'2 fold up and get into the Citron. Um, but also the amount of body roll, because I'm sure it's not the stiffest mm. suspension. And so you, you go into the turn and feel like you're actually going to, it really would get a lot of that front and then back as you got back on the yeah. accelerator, a lot more um, than a cart. Yeah, a lot more. And um, a bit like you were saying in the trail braking, you know, you're really using the braking to affect, even if it's just a small tap, it's not actually to decelerate. It's all for body, uh, body weight transfer. Yeah, yeah but um, actually it's funny you say that about it being soft because I'd be in the pit lane uh, waiting for a session. And if I kind of rocked my body side to side, the whole car would just be pitching side to side. So I used to just do it <laughs> when I was bored in the pit lane. But yeah. Um, yeah, it was obviously very different. And then that was very different to Formula Fords as well. So uh, good, good learning curves. So last year you make the transition, you come over to the States, um, you're running, um, you ran most of the season with USF 2000, mm. uh, finished 14th in the standings despite missing the last four races in uh, Portland, uh, Laguna Seca. Um, talk to me about that experience. Talk to me about uh, getting to some of these tracks the first time. And then also, um, you know, going from England to, to Northern Ireland, uh, very similar in uh, uh, probably what side of the road you drive on and, and uh, food yeah. you can get. About that transition coming to, uh, coming to America. Um, well, to be honest, the off-track stuff was probably the easiest part for me because um, I was at the start of the season, I was driving for Jay Howard. And uh, towards the end, I was driving for uh, Bryn Nuttall. And, you know, uh, Jay, I mean, he's from the south of England and Bryn's from the north. So there's a little bit of difference there. But yeah. overall, you know, I, I, growing up, I was always meeting people from all over my own country. So that part was like very easy. So I was, it almost felt like I was at home in that sense. Uh, the biggest challenge off circuit, I would say, was the uh, food. Definitely the food. Because it's just, 
it's just so difficult to keep healthy, you know, um, because it's always more expensive and harder to come by the fresher, like even the meats and stuff. Whereas out here, I think they're, they're a lot stricter on the uh, food rules and stuff, you know. So um, you kind of get used to eating well, even if it is a bit more expensive. And um, in fact, I remember I was living with uh, Christian Rasmussen for a while and uh, we'd go shopping and stuff and uh, we'd, we'd be cooking chicken and I remember thinking, wow, it's so cheap, like what a bargain. And you eat it and you're like, yeah, it tastes like plastic. <laughs> so <laughs> there's, a, there's a reason why very, very exactly. much uh, we are we are a processed country. That's for yeah. sure. <laughs> uh, that 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 could be a whole nother uh, podcast on fitness and uh, yeah, how, how to be able to shop for that. Um, you were talking about Jay Howard, a couple different teams that were there mm-hmm. and uh, that experience that it gave you of, of doing the different transitions. And uh, do you feel that that maybe held you back a bit? No, I don't really. And if anything, I think it's made me grow a lot more as a person and as a driver because you get to learn how to talk to different people in different ways. You know, everyone's got different lingo. And um, even just say if I had an American engineer or then, uh, for example, I had a Colombian uh, mechanic at one point, Um, you know, like all the sayings and everything, it's very different. And uh, I can, it's the same in English as it is in Spanish as well, because obviously my mother being Spanish, I can speak Spanish, but then you talk to, um, uh, so for example, Marco from Colombia, or even uh, I've been tested with Juncos quite a bit and they're all Argentinian or speaking the Argentinian Spanish. It's all completely different Mm -hmm. to, the Spanish I'm used to, which is very similar to how uh, you and I would speak differently in English as well. Uh, but no, I don't think it held me back. I think, you know, what uh, doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And hopefully uh, what I've learned from this season, I can, uh, I can build into, into myself as a driver, but also as a person and uh, expand from there, you know. I realize that uh, brilliant can sometimes be a uh, cuss word when you get out of the car as well. I've, I've uh, uh, seen that sometimes that you use a term and it uh, could be something uh, completely different. I think brilliant is, oh, it's all fantastic and everything. And yeah. you're just out of it. Ugh. Yeah, <laughs> I think you can definitely use it sarcastically. <laughs> <laughs> so. So this winter, you talked about uh, testing with Yunkos. Uh, you had the opportunity to go through the uh, Academy winter testing, um, although that's not an official Road to Indy event. Uh, much needed as to how it fills into the calendar. Um, you were able to go to Palm Beach, filling in the listeners. It was Palm Beach, Homestead, and then on the uh, short track at yeah. uh, the technical part of Sebring, uh, which people call their favorite part of the track. Uh, so that experience that you went through um, with the new team, uh, walk me through what uh, what you felt, what that was like uh, being able to experience it, and then also jumping into the new car. Yeah, well, actually, I also did the uh, Chris Griff- Griffiths test yes. as well, at, um, the Indy GP circuit. So um, there I got to, you know, meet the lads and that and uh, see how they work. I was very impressed. So when then we, they started talking about, some sexual uh, winter testing down in uh, Florida. It was a bit of a no-brainer for me, you know. Um, uh, yeah, I'm, be- I'm very happy with how the team performed um, and how the car was. And, you know, I was just improving on myself time and time again, but also the way that they go about their engineering. It's it's no wonder why they've always got, you know, the best, if not one of the best cars on, on the grid, in a, whether it's Indy Pro, Indy Lights, or even a DPI and now 
now IndyCar as well, I guess. Just uh, every step of that, they yeah. they were very prepared and very much go go through mm-hmm. that. Um, talk to me about the difference of the tracks and your you're working through data feeling and the feel of the car, the seat of the pants type of driving. Yeah, well, you know, uh, the thing that comes with uh, different tracks, obviously, is different setups. You're not going to bolt on your Sebring setup for Homestead, are you? Because one's so flat and then Sebring is just, it's bumpier than St. Pete, I felt like, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I was doing race runs and I was doing like 25, 30 laps. And I come in and, to be fair, like I was, like normally I'm completely fine physically, but I was like feeling a bit, but the big thing was I had a headache. I'm like, why have I got a headache? And then you realize it's just because you're smashing your head on the um, on the headrest so much. It's just, it's just brutal. So, um, yeah, you know, it's kind of, it's difficult to say, oh, I can't felt this or that because mm-hmm. the tracks are so different, circumstances are so different. Um, uh, even just, you know, the type of asphalt on the uh, circuit is going to have the, the car react differently. But um, overall, I think Sebring is a quality circuit. It's so cool. So cool. And um, so I really like that one. Homestead, I think I quite like uh, I quite like the banking, you know, that turn 11 off the banking. Uh, I quite like the corners like that. Uh, and also it's quite good for uh, practicing, you know, your hard braking and then you bleed off with all the hairpins. Yeah. Uh, and then Palm Beach is probably my least favorite out of three, if I'm being completely honest, just because it doesn't quite challenge you the same as a driver. But also, it's very um, it wears the tires a lot, so you kind of always chasing your own tail when it comes to setup and stuff because it's a lot more estimated work than science, you know. Because the tires one lap to ten laps later is a completely different ball game, whether they're new or not. So. I see all the shells that were in the tires, and and uh, I had the same discussion with with Christian Rasmussen. Uh, of course, you drivers, you always want a brand new set of tires every five yeah. laps. You'd bolt them on. At some point in the season, Palm Beach is going to help you. And here's my theory behind that. You're going to have one of your races where you don't have a set of tires because of a puncture. You're going to have to go out in the race. You're going to have to go out and qualifying on a new set of tires. And that's where it's going to come in uh, because you were having to run those laps under the sun with the tires that just did not have the grip on a track that doesn't have any grip. That will come back to, to help you at some point. Yeah, right I, I agree actually. And uh, you know, these races, they're quite long. So to be able to learn how to be consistent and it's one thing being consistent, say in a Formula Ford back at home in England, but you don't have tire drop off in that. Whereas in this, it's a bit more, you know, like IndyCar, like Formula One, you've got to be adapted. Not every lap, but every four or five laps, you've got to slightly adapt. And then, uh, so it keeps you on your toes, you know, and I actually really enjoy that challenge. As, as the fuel burns off, I always look for, did you set your fast lap of the race from lap 15 on when you're in mm-hmm. that 25 lap race? That shows car control to me. Uh, that shows the drivers that are in the standings at the top part are the ones that can make those laps after lap 15, 20. Uh, you talked about Yunkos. Uh, Ricardo was there for a majority of the testing what's it like to get feedback from uh, a professional such as uh ricardo oh i actually really enjoyed working for ricardo and um actually ricardo was my for two of the tests he was my engineer so uh the way that it's, it, it we actually tried different ways to see what the drivers and engineers preferred but the one way that we were running it was uh each driver was allocated an engineer and for both of those tests it was ricardo and me 
and uh, and then actually Ricardo's younger brother Ale was uh, my number one mechanic. So I felt you know very integrated, very part of the family, which was cool. Um, but it's just like I find it crazy how just a few seasons ago, you know, I'm, I was like just even if I was karting or in Formula Ford over here in England, I was always looking up to IndyCar. And there I was, like, in the car next to an IndyCar team owner. Uh, and that, for me, is, like, really cool, really cool deal, you know. It's something that um, not many people get this opportunity. And um, even just to be here, you've got to be grateful. And that's why I, I work, I'm trying to work so hard for it and try and make it happen for my future, you know. Understand and understand that. I'd love to tell the stories of the drivers that are on the, the Road to Indy series. You wouldn't be able to do this without uh, sponsors. I, I believe I saw Excel labels on there. Yeah. Tell me about Excel labels. Tell me about your sponsors so that we can uh, get them some recognition. Yeah, so Excel labels and I, uh, it's quite a long partnership now. It started sponsoring me halfway through the 2017 season. And uh, since then, we won the uh, Anglesey Championship in Formula Ford in 2017. And obviously, the Northern Irish last year and came, came third in the British last year. Uh, then man was able to come over for that Phoenix shootout or with my XL label suit and everything. So uh, it's been great, you know, because they've helped me and then I'm helping them get a bit of exposure. Um, obviously, they're just a sort of a national company. But um, if they can try and you know, do some stuff abroad as well, America being a huge target, mm -hmm. then uh, then obviously it'd be very good for them as well. Fantastic. Any other sponsors that you're working with? And, um, you know, we always want to also give a shout out Cooper Tire for giving uh, such exposure to the series and such support to the series. Yeah, so um, the other one would say uh, Talk Racewear. Um, they've been helping me out with, uh, you know, my suit, the, all the XL labels and stuff. So, uh, and there's some uh, very promising stuff coming up for next season with them. So uh, them and XL labels, and then obviously my uh, my father as well. He's very supportive of my career. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. Parents, parents are something else on that. Um, you uh, spend a lot of time on the sim. Are you one of the the sim junkies, or uh, and and talk to me about what your setup is, your system, uh, steering wheel, uh, those types of things. Actually, I, I knew this question would come because everyone my sort of generation is always playing on the simulator, but um, I actually don't have a sim, sim setup at all. Uh, speaking of it, show last night, it's very different. I was playing uh, Gran Turismo for the first time in maybe six months, and uh, it's amazing how like hooks you can get. And I just found, I was checked my phone and it was you know half three in the morning. I'm like, I got to get to bed. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, uh, that stuff I think is actually a very good side of it. I think having a simulator is good. I've used like many in the past. Um, and I ultimately I do need to get my own setup. The reason why I haven't so far is because I've got very poor internet. I live out in the um, in the countryside now. And um, so I'm not sure if you've been able to tell by me lagging or whatever this conversation. But um, yeah, for me, it's kind of like I don't want to go and invest in the whole simulator and that and then not be able to do the whole deal because that would almost be like a bit of a tease for me. Uh, yeah, and that would just drive me up the walls because then I'd have my mates going, come on then, hop online, and, and then we'd be smashing into each other because of lag or whatever. But um, whenever I'm at, say, a mate's house that's got a simulator, uh, I love, and what I love doing is the uh, the time trials. So say, um, for example, the guy that I work for on karting, I do a lot of driver coaching for him. Yeah. Uh, he's got a big projector screen. It's like the size of the walls, 110 inches or something. 
So it's almost like um, virtual reality, you know. And we hop on and um, we do competitions where, so we have the, um, the bike machine in the same room and it's the like fastest one to 10K and then we'll do like time trial challenges and kind of work it all in together, you know. So um, I love that because it's competitive and it's just like, it's a good laugh. So, um, but yeah, that, that's what I enjoy doing. And uh, hopefully if I move to America next year, if I've got good internet, then I'll, uh, I'll invest in a proper sim setup and uh, take it all a bit more seriously, I guess. Makes, makes great sense. Yeah. Uh, training wise, you've, you've touched upon it a couple of times and I'd love to hear the different discussion between drivers that are 13, 14 years old that say, oh, well, I just sit on the sim and that's, that's their training regimen. Mm. Yet when you see the drivers, when you see someone like uh, Jack Harvey and the amount of work that he's done in the gym, following him in social media, um, have you looked at adjusting your training regimen for the upcoming year to be ready for a, a full season in, say, Indy Pro uh, 2000? Um, not so much. I think uh, it's funny you mentioned Jack Harvey, actually, because he was always one of my heroes, to say. Uh, when I was first starting out in karting, he was uh, the couple of years previous he was seriously cleaning up in the um, in the national ranks junior level so and I always then watched his career and um, he's actually the one that I knew of IndyCar before but then when he came to Indy Lights he's actually the reason why Indy Lights and the road to Indy was highlighted for me in the first place it was because of Jack Harvey and that's when then it became you know a target of mine to try and do that so um, yeah it's just kind of cool that you mentioned him because I, I think he's very very good and a bit of a hero of mine but um Going back to the training question, uh, not so much it changes what I do. I think, you know, there's certain areas of your body where you need good strength, say your neck, your shoulders, uh, your back, your core, and then um, and then you want to kind of build up everything else around that. So if you've got weak legs, then that's not going to help. So you're training legs and, and arms especially. Um, uh, one thing that I always found a bit challenging was probably the grip on the steering wheel, so like your finger strength. Mm -hmm. uh, but then, you know, it's kind of funny because um growing up karting you like you just become a little machine without really realizing and then you're kind of messing around with your mates and you're always strong like you've got good grip and stuff whenever you're having a play fight or have a little scrap in the playground yeah. and um that all derives from the karting so i think karting is actually a very good method off training and uh, i would definitely like to integrate that more into my training uh throughout this winter whilst i'm at home uh and have access to my go-kart Start shoveling, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> bundle up and, yeah. and uh, be out there uh, uh, carting that goes through it. Uh, yeah, I, I, I would start to note and look at the drivers that take it serious, training and fitness serious in the road to Indy. I think mm. that's going to be the next wave and the next differentiator. You see the pit fit drivers yeah. that are doing it in IndyCar, um, that trickle down of uh, drivers doing CrossFit or doing those types of things. So mark my word, you heard it here, uh, that that's going to be something that over the, the trend of the next four or five years that you'll see drivers doing. Uh, I want you to dream with me for a little bit. Obviously, you've, okay. you've had dreams of, you know, being in England and, and doing the racing and then coming over here. What would it be like to sit on the grid and start and be one of the chosen 33 I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> For the Indy 500. Um, it would be amazing. You know, it would be absolutely brilliant. And um, 
it would be for me now sat here and you know my dad's office in England it's kind of impossible to say how I'd be feeling um, I think it'd be kind of dependent on the situation on the day but uh, I like like say every kid has it where you dream about winning these big races like the Indy 500 they, they turn a 24 hour um, and even then back in Europe like the Le Mans and Monaco Grand Prix uh, and you dream about that as a kid and I don't think you'd be able to put it into words. Like the only way I can kind of exp- explain how I think I would feel, um, because the biggest races I've won so far would just be just like kind of an outpour of emotion because it's like, you know, you put in all this work in over so many years and then to finally get there, to finally be one of them 33. Um, I mean, a lot of people have sacrificed a lot to even get me to where I am today. So, um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully I'm one of the lucky ones, and uh, I'll tell you then in a few years. Sounds good. I'll be there. I'll be yeah, there for yeah. sure. Um, and uh, love the the build up for that. Uh, looking forward to uh, great things for you in the upcoming year. Thank uh, you. Fingers crossed as you work on all of those final details as to uh, where you're actually going to be and what team, and and look forward to the announcements that come out from that. Uh, probably the most important question that I have to ask uh, out of the entire day: um, What's your favorite English Premier League team, or are you more of a uh, Spanish league team? <laughs> Okay, so there's a bit of a story behind this. Okay, um, okay. So I'm actually a football club Barcelona fan, which okay. obviously is a Spanish club or Catalan club. And uh, the reason for this is uh, my mother, she's obviously a big Barcelona fan and all my Spanish side of the family is. And uh, I'd always tell my mates and that growing up, they'd be like, oh, you're a glory sport, are you supposed to sport on English? And uh, the area I'm from in the uh, black country, you've either got people that support uh, West Bromwich Albion or, um, or Aston Villa, which is on the other side of Birmingham. Okay. Uh, but then, but then, say, my dad was uh, always an Aston Villa fan growing up, and he actually got scouted by Aston Villa. Okay. And uh, then he broke his back at 15. So it was kind of like, you know, dream over and, and all the rest of it. So he was very sour about it, and then never watched football again. <laughs> um, and then the irony is, then actually my half-brother, my older half-brother, he also got scouted by Aston Villa and uh, he, he did a bit more. I'm not sure if he did a season or what in the academy. But then he yeah. broke his leg. So um, so I think Aston Villa must be a bad luck for my family or something. And, uh, but yeah, because of that, it was always only my mum watching football. And, uh, and then I, I feel lucky to have lived in like the best era, of, in my mind, of any football team in, in the whole history uh, of the world. So... Um, and it was my club, and so I'm, I'm very proud to support Barcelona, and hopefully we can uh, we can uh, win the league again this year, and hopefully go get our sixth Champions League as well. Well, yeah, and you would be considered a front runner in the in the states. That's someone that roots for the Yankees that had mm. never lived there, but they root for the Yankees or they yeah. root for the Patriots or the Red Sox or. Or so many Dallas Cowboy fans that it's uh, not even uh, yeah. funny. Uh, I myself am a Portland Timbers fan. It's probably the closest okay. to a European crowd uh, that yeah. you can ever get. And I'm waiting for the schedule to come out. Hopefully, it'll there'll be a uh, uh, Timbers home game with the Portland Grand Prix that yeah. goes out there. Actually, my uh, my brother-in-law is a Dallas Cowboys. Is that right? Yeah, the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, yeah. he's a Dallas Cowboys fan. Um, well, and he's he's saying he's going to fly out to Texas and go watch one. 
we all have we all have one in every family and uh, (laughs) (laughs) i don't know anything about it so i got i can't really say i guess if i if i move out to america um whatever my local club or team or whatever will be i'll probably just maybe not support them but go watch them because i'd love to go watch an american football game uh, and also basketball. I'm, I'm interested in basketball a lot. I find the whole NBA very cool as well. So that's a cool great, sport. great experience. And also yeah. college ball. If you get an opportunity to go okay. to a college game, a uh, uh, Virginia, North Carolina, or North Carolina Duke, that that type of game is just uh, amazing to go through it. So so mm-hmm. much. Uh, oh, to go back in time to be your age and experience all <laughs> of the things that you have in front of you. Uh, wish you nothing but the best um, to go through that. Uh, folks, make sure that you follow uh, uh, Matt uh, on, on social media. Um, he's active on, on there and does a great job of uh, promoting his racing career and, and the uh, uh, sponsors that he has. And uh, would love for you to subscribe to 33 Dreams of Indy. We're on every major player, including the iHeart uh, Radio podcast, uh, Apple, Google, all of those. And uh, because we do the uh, video format of this, uh, we also have a YouTube channel. So uh, it would mean a lot to me for you to subscribe and uh, stay in touch with it. And uh, Matthew, we will see you in a couple months. I already know that. We'll see you in a couple months here in my uh, home track of St. Pete. uh, So you can get back here for some uh, Florida weather and uh, preseason testing before that. Yeah, thank you for having me. Fantastic. Uh, So till next time, keep dreaming. Cheers, mate. Okay.